The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Snow or did you get some snow in your neck of the woods? We got like six or seven inches. Did you really get that much? Got pounded. Yeah, you didn't get that much. Not on the sidewalk. No, like it really just—it really like on the patio, on the grass, but not. It didn't. It like maybe like an inch on the sidewalk. Wow, we got more than that. It it it's melted fairly quickly, but it was wet and slushy. But there was a lot more than it needed to be shoveled. So it was a lot. Were you out there shoveling? I today? was not. No, they. I uh, had somebody come in and do it for me this time. It's good. It, it, that was heart attack it's like, well, snow. Yeah, it's not very good. wet. Yes. It was wet yes. snow. It's not fluffy and light snow. No, that is want, heart attack. Snow. You don't want to sh- shovel that. It's shovel. shovel. I said okay. yes. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Make it, but it, it was <laughs> shovel. Um, so it's uh, it's the weekend. You've made it to your weekend. A lot going on with tournament action. We've got the NCAA tournament. We've got NFL free agency. Lots of Bears stuff. Uh, the WBC is coming up. I'm excited about I, it. I, I heard Jake is excited. Yeah. Meller's always excited about anything with a bat and a ball. I, I, um, yeah, I used to pan it, but... Now I'm like, they're playing real baseball, and well, the you roster's got some, pretty good. Yeah, you got some pretty big names on that thing. TA's on the team, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonzo. Um, Mike Trout? Mike, Mike Trout Trout's Pete? there. I thought you were going to say Pete Crow Armstrong, the way M- you uh, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt. Cubs are having their own, uh, Schwarbs know, is on the team. Tournament out Just there. Just played Team Canada. Yeah. Kyle Tucker. Did I mention Trey Turner? I don't like, think you it's did. a good. It's a it's good, good team. Act, yeah. Are we are we favored? Who's who's favored to win? Uh, Dominican team's really good. Okay, yeah. they're loaded. Japan's always a, a tough out, aren't they? They've got off to a good start. Let me we go play. back to my Rolodex of World Baseball Classic history. Oh, don't here. act like you don't have it. Great Britain tomorrow, Waddle. Yeah. How do you how do you how do I you have handicap no that? I have no clue. I mean, how many guys are from Great Britain that are actually in Major League uh, Baseball? Prince Harry's playing for them, right? <laughs> He's not Prince. He's not <laughs> a prince anymore. No, yeah. formerly Prince Harry. Yeah. Your coach is called and would like a word so, with you. We'll who's see. on the Who's on the Great Britain team? We should, there's like nobody. I don't recognize anybody's name there. Is ba- I don't even know his baseball. Do kids play baseball in Great Britain? No. That's why they, 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 play, they, play, they play soccer. Yeah. Cricket. Cricket's big in England. <laughs> cricket and soccer? Yeah. Translates, uh, though, right? Best cricket players become baseball players eventually. Probably. Do they? No. So, well, we'll see. Uh, but uh, we'll, we hope to talk to Mark DeRosa. Uh, we had uh, Rick Hahn on the station earlier, Captain Jay Hood today. Um, here's, here's how it started. It, it, we discussed this in the pre-show uh, meeting regarding Jose Abreu. You you didn't know much about this. Did not. Jose, Abre- Jose Abreu did an interview last week. He said he felt disrespected by the White Sox, and he felt like there wasn't a lot of togetherness with the White Sox. Hoodie asked Rick Hahn about it. Here's the question and then Rick Hahn's answer. Rick, I, I want to ask about uh, comments made by Jose Abreu regarding togetherness. That's a big word, it's a mouthful. When, a, when Jose Abreu says the Sox had a problem with togetherness last season, what do you think he means by that? 
You know, Jonathan, I, I think that's probably a better question for Jose if you get a chance to speak to him. I think from our standpoint, our focus is on building something special here with Pedro and the new staff. And I got to say, the whether you call it togetherness or communication or everyone pulling from the same direction, whether it's players in the clubhouse, uh, our staff, our player development people, or scouts, uh, for the last several weeks and, frankly, last several months ever since Pedro's come on board, uh, we've had a fantastic dynamic going on in that clubhouse. And uh, we're just eager to get going on this season and see it hopefully translate into much, much better results on the field. They need to do the vote for Pedro um, no question. T-shirts. Sure. Yeah. Have they done the vote for Pedro shirts yet? Has any socks like a podcast or Sox fan base, Section 108, anybody, have they done vote for Pedro shirts yet? I have not heard, but the because first Rick word that is, ever, that is ever spoken about why this team is going to be something that hasn't been the last couple of years, Pedro's at the top of that list. I hope that they he brings managerial them. magic. And by the way, with the Jose Abreu thing, look, if you're the leader of the team and playing like a team was a problem, maybe... You should have done a little right. togetherness. Maybe, you know, aren't you should have done a little bit better, you know, as, a, as you the leader. Are, as the leader, the clubhouse yes. leader, aren't you responsible for the lack of togetherness? If you're the leader. Right. I wish Rick, Rick has said, like, he is. he has said several times, too, that he wishes they'd play better last year. I wish he would have said there, look, we, we didn't do anything right last year. He only wanted to talk about this year in that bite. But he should have taken some responsibility there as well. But I do blame mostly uh, Abreu. Like, again, like take some responsibility, Abreu. I feel like Abreu has some sour grapes because he wanted to be a White Sox. And I compare it to the Contreras stuff, where Contreras is now ripping the Cubs and oh, he only wanted to be a cub. Right. I would say, though, that, that Jose Abreu was, you know, without a doubt, the leader of this team. Yes. So when leadership of the team becomes an issue, you immediately focus on him, fair or not. Because he and T.A. are the guys that everyone looks to, correct? Yes. And T.A. was injured for a lot of the year. Right. So Jose Abreu was, I would think, the guy, the... the the guy in the in the clubhouse that everyone would look to for the quote unquote leadership that was necessary. Liam Hendricks tried too. Liam was vocal, very but as vocal Liam about that. Told you, listen, it's hard for a guy, yeah, who doesn't play every day, to be that guy, that he, voice. Here is um, Rick Hahn regarding uh, the great vibe that they've got going in camp. Could not be happier, Cap. I'm, 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 I don't know what it looks like from two thousand miles away, but I know everyone who comes through here is stunned, let's say, or, or uh, overly impressed with our attention to detail, the communication, the diligence and focus on fundamentals, and the professionalism which each day is run with. You know, frankly, Pedro and his staff are rolling into the complex at around 4.30, 5, 5.30 a.m. every day uh, to get ready for, for each day, and they're there past the end of the game, which makes me a little concerned about maintaining that level of energy and focus over the course of a seven-month season going through October. But the, the diligence, focus, and energy we're seeing from the staff has translated into the drills, has translated into uh, the clubhouse, and has made for, a so far, a very successful camp. We, we could not be happier with where we sit right now. That's a direct reference to Tony Larusa and, and how things yeah. were. He didn't get to hire his manager. Yeah. 
That's why it's, I think, accentuated that he keeps mentioning Pedro. Because he's proud that he got to hire his guy. And that's it's great. finally his I, guy. I think that's fantastic. But and it, I believe that will give them a bump. They will have a different approach and a different attitude. Whether or not they execute properly, whether or not they hit their cutoff men, and they hustle, and they they play the game the right way, still to be determined. But it sounds like there's a different vibe and a different approach. On opening day, Rick Hahn should ride the bike, and then Pedro Grafal hops on the back, and they pull up just like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. That's like, what they oh, need to do. Old, how old is Napoleon Dynamite now? 15 years old. I was going to say 20, maybe. Maybe 20, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's Rick Hahn, and, and more about this vibe and the edge. They followed up, and they, what, he, I think he mentioned in one answer about playing with an edge. They've, got, they've even got an edge right now. Here's a Rick Hahn discussing that. Well, I think there's two ways to, to look at it, Jonathan. One, I think what part of what Pedro was refer, referencing was making sure we use every advantage at our disposal to help us win that night, whether that's a matchup, whether it's positioning, whether it's a pitch selection or an approach from our hitters versus that night's starter, using every competitive advantage that is presented over the course of the evening to our advantage when possible. I think another thing you're referencing and something I've talked about a little bit when I've used the word edge is that there's a feeling throughout this, well, throughout the clubhouse, but also throughout the organization that we have something to prove. We disappointed not only ourselves last year, we disappointed White Sox fans, and we surprised the rest of baseball in terms of how far below our capabilities we felt like we played. So whether you single out an individual player in that clubhouse, uh, who feels like they have something to prove, or you talk to a coach or this or you know a front office executive, we all feel a little bit of an edge in terms of something to prove to ourselves and to the rest of baseball this year, which I again, I think that sort of chip or edge or whatever you want to call it uh, is going to serve us well. see, i got I got what I wanted with the Abreus that I wanted from Abreu. I got that there. Where he said, we did everything wrong last year. Yeah. We let everybody yep. down. We let our fans down. We let the organization down. That's the message that T.A. should have conveyed to Chuck a week or so ago. That's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. You heard it from your general manager. You wanted to hear it from Jose Abreu or from Tim, right? I mean, because Just be they, accountable, yeah. Yes, and that's what it was all about. My question is to all of them involved. I, I think I love to hear that there's a new approach and there's a different vibe and there's a different energy. I think that's great. How much tangible benefit on the upside will that provide? Because at the end of the day, you still plan 162 of these. Is the team constructed the right way? And fundamentally, are they going to be able to execute in the manner in which they need to to win more than they lose? And do they have enough ammo on their roster? So how good are you? How, this is definitely, I'm not poo-pooing this. I love to see this approach versus what we've seen the last two years. But I'm still lot left with the question, hey, this is great, but do you have enough on your roster? Well, well, don't forget, you're playing now without your closer. Right. We hope Liam Hendricks is doing well. We didn't get an update today about his condition or where where he is in his in his battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um but uh, this is uh, what Rakan said about them dealing without a closer to start the season. As we sit here today and talking things through with Pedro and looking at you know, the options we have, whether it's Graveman or Kelly or Lopez or potentially Bummer from the left side, he feels, and I agree strongly, that we have the talent in the current back-end makeup of the, of the bullpen 
for him to mix and match, for him to, as he describes it, play the leverage game and decide, you know, as you well know, watching all that baseball, a lot of nights the game is decided in the seventh or eighth inning. Yep. You know, that's when the, the middle of the order is coming up to protect that one run lead or the starter runs out of gas and you've got to bring in a guy who you need a strikeout or a double play with an inherited runner. So going into the year, Pedro's going to take that approach. He's going to use the best guy for the given situation, regardless of uh, what inning it is. If for whatever reason, prior to Liam returning, that way is not working or someone sort of seizes that ninth inning with their performance, we'll adjust on the fly. But the, the talent is there to, uh, you know, knock on wood, be able to survive uh, Liam's absence. I would ask Meller as the, the White Sox fan here on the show and a, a true baseball fan, your impression of the, the, the new enthusiasm and the new vibe that exists there and how much that can propel them to be a team that doesn't underachieve. Is there enough talent there for them to actually be a noisemaker in their division and in the American League? Uh, I would say I think they've as long as they have health, and that's something that when you count on your team to be completely healthy, oftentimes it ends up being a disappointing season. I think they have enough talent, though, if everybody – is healthy, they're in good shape. Though, but I think they lack depth, and so any key injury at any moment, which you know, Luis Robert has had a difficulty playing a full season. Aloy Jimenez, the middle of the order hit, you know, hitter that you're banking on, hasn't really proven he can stay healthy. Right, and can they live up to what they're supposed to be? Yeah, I think if they're on the field, I, I don't. But the health is an issue, right? Right, and so that's problematic. A, a lot of the pitchers in your rotation, your starters in particular, Michael Kopech, has he thrown yet? Has he pitched yet? I don't know if he's pitched yet. Not sure. I don't Will think Lance Lynn stay healthy all year? Yeah, I mean, and that I just take for granted. The reason but- I ask is, is because, look, I mean, we've spent a lot of time highlighting the negatives attached to Tony La Russa, And I think that for good reason. But do they have enough talent? Right. So, like, Tony's gone now. And I like the vibe that Rick continues to talk about. A new manager, a new approach. I think that that's all well and good. But are they now all of a sudden going to be the the AL Central champs just because we got rid of Tony? Or did the franchise not give the general manager enough resources to add to a roster that's got some holes? We, we always know, though, that there's always going to be injuries. There, there are the injuries will hit. So, but but you're right, Meller. Like Luis Robert, if he's healthy for 140 games, should put up big numbers. Aloy, 140 games, should pick up big numbers. Ta, if he's healthy most of the year, should pick put up big numbers. So, you know, will Andrew Vaughn live up to what he's supposed to be playing for space now? And I'm hopeful Grafal will bring an attitude where they need to be. They have to hustle. Yeah, and not just hustle, but listen, like the basics, right? Like they, they have emphasized that a lot, at least everything I've read and seen so far. That has been a huge point of emphasis since Pedro Grafal's taken over, which I think can only help the team. So hopefully they won't be so nonchalant and you, you, you don't have a, a manager now who's so worried about Making nice with the guys in the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. You've got a guy who's trying to make an impact and build his own resume. Yeah. I would just say, you know, be careful thinking just because there's a new approach that the health is all of a sudden going to be better. Yep. Like, that's a big thing to keep an eye on. All right. We hope to talk to Mark DeRosa. And then if you want to react to what you heard from Rick Hahn, there's a couple more we could play as well. And then we've got Waddle's World coming up. And we'll get back to some football with Robert Mays joining us in studio at about 4 o'clock. This is Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. The 
NFL Draft, where the Chicago Bears have the number one pick, is April 27th as the new home of the Bears. And as fans, we wait to see what they will do. The Bears are on the clock. Join us in counting down to draft day. In 48 days, on the new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. Nowadays, it seems like fast is in fashion. People go through shows quicker. People speed through everything. Dates. Speed dating. Get from point A to point B as swiftly as possible as well. Well, Xfinity is leading that trend because Xfinity Mobile is the fastest mobile service with 5G and millions of Wi-Fi hotspots. So you can take fast speeds with you at home, at the park, at the gym, or wherever else you like to go. Plus, right now... See how you can save up to $800 on the new Samsung Galaxy S23 series with qualifying trade-in and device payment plans. That's more money in your pocket to do pretty much whatever you want to do. And it adds up pretty fast as well. So don't miss out. Visit XfinityMobile.com to learn more. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Internet is required. This offer ends March 31st, so hurry. And while supplies last, Comcast analysis of mobile Wi-Fi and cellular data from Ookla Speed Test Intelligence in Q4 20 of 22. Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. I remember, uh, I think we were on the air... Carmen and me. It was just before you got here, Waddle. Yeah. Uh, we were doing a night show when Mark DeRosa was signed, but just before the 2007 season, the Cubs season. And then uh, you and I were put together in 07 in that spring, and uh, Mark DeRosa became one of our favorites. And we made be- beautiful music together. Oh, yeah. He was uh, then our weekly guest as a Cubs player. And then we had him on his lunch with a legend. Yeah. And then uh, we have gone to the well and talked to Mark DeRosa as a baseball analyst uh, many, many times about both the Cubs and the White Sox. He does great work uh, on the uh, MLB network. And he has told us about how fond he is of wanting to be an MLB manager one day. And uh, right now he is the manager of Team USA for the WBC. And they get started tomorrow against Great Britain. And it is our pleasure to welcome in Mark DeRosa back to the Waddle and Sylvie show. D-Ro, how you feeling? I'm feeling good, guys. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, hey, Are you ready for the powerhouse that is Great Britain tomorrow? <laughs> hey, respect everyone. Fear no one, right? The old football moniker. Right. We'll, we'll play them the same way we're going to play Mexico, the same way we hopefully play Japan. Yep. Dominican Republic, uh, Dominican Republic. So yeah, I want to put the throttle down from from jump here. Yeah, uh, uh, Dero, like you've accomplished a lot. Like you always maximized what you had on the field. You, you like to win and go to the postseason in 07 and 08. It was the first time the Cubs had ever gone back to back in the postseason. Um, you've done a lot in your um, post career, but is this? the thing that you're most proud of being the manager of team USA? Yeah, absolutely. Completely humbled and honored by it. I said the other day about 72 hours ago, I had the honor of stepping up 
and kind of addressing these guys. And when you looked out on, on that room, it was like, whoa, that was a, a kind of a nervy moment, but an unbelievable moment. So everyone to a man here is totally prepared. There has been kind of no reservations. They have become a team in short order, and I expect them to play well. I really do. Can you relay the story about um, you doing your research about how important it is for all the guys to understand how uh, how important it is that they not only represent the U.S., but they are the U.S., and how you reached yeah, out to Coach Coach K about it? Yeah, I had the chance to do his, his podcast, and I asked for like 20 minutes before we did it so I could pick his brain. Because, I mean, there's not a guy here on this roster that hasn't seen that Netflix doc on the on the dream team, uh, the called the redeem team, where Kobe Bryant runs through Pal Gasol's chest and all that different stuff. And he just kind of reiterated the fact that even though these guys are one of one at every position they play at, they want to be led. So that was the biggest thing that we're not playing for the United States, that we are the United States. So it has been just an awesome experience up until this point. And like I said, I expect us to go out and play well. Mark, whose advice do you lean on to actually put the lineup together? It's it's funny. I, I've probably asked everyone under the sun, including like the gas attendant, right? <laughs> Try and figure out. <laughs> I, you battle. You battle the idea of them being the best players in the world with trying to create no lane for the opposition to kind of bring in someone who's got you know a certain pitch that might give three right-handers in a row, some damn, uh, some problems. But on the flip side of that, I mean, if you can get Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Paul Goldschmidt to the plate, <laughs> you try and rush it there as quick as possible. So, I, I, honestly, I don't want to overthink it. I actually was just – we're going through a workout right now. I was sitting in center field with Paul and Mike talking exactly about that, where they feel comfortable hitting in the lineup, how I should approach it, so it's been vetted 10 million ways before we've gotten to this point. Uh, these guys all compete against one another, or most of them. Some of them are teammates with their respective major league teams. But is is there any trash talking amongst the guys? No, not at all. I think we. I think it was a nice feeling out process during those two exhibition games. Everyone was trying to get that big hit to kind of jumpstart us. I just wanted to get through. I just wanted to get through them healthy. And then we had a meeting today where we kind of like, hey, you don't play for the Phillies, you don't play for the Angels, you don't play for the Cardinals, you don't play for the Chicago White Sox. We have to play for each other. So I, I think if we – I want all the egos under one umbrella, like Coach K said, but I also want there to be an assemblance of a team, a team vibe in here. I can't be individual ABs. But you know as well as I do, it'll come down to how our pitchers execute. Yeah. Our pitchers give this lineup a chance. And I just don't see how people can get through it. Mark DeRosa joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. All the games will be on Fox, on the Fox channels, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at 6 o'clock Central on all the Fox channels. Uh, Dero, I I saw the interview you did where you called Tim Anderson special. Can you expand on that? Why do you think Tim Anderson is special? What makes him special? Yeah, I, I think when you watch these guys on TV on a night-to-night basis and then you get to see him in person go about their business, he has just got an, a look about him 
Um, obviously super athletic, super quick twitch. The hands are better than I thought. The want to is through the roof. I mean, this guy is, uh, he's a dog out there on the field. 72 hours. He's kind of like, I went up and put my arm around him yesterday. I was like, man, he made a huge fan out of me in about short order. So I, I just, I just like the way he goes about his business, being in the cage with him, watching him do his process to get ready. And then a lot of talk here has always been about the bat flip, about um, reinventing yeah. the game, and you want that. Why is that important to have that on Team USA? I just, I, I just think it's the energy of the WBC. This is a sprint, seven games in eleven days, and I, I just think there can't be that feeling out process. Tim has a way of kind of waking everybody up and energizing them. So I just said, I want you to be you. I want you to bring it all. Same with Lance Lynn. I know he's animated on the mound. I want him to continue. I don't want anybody to, you know, kind of put their egos away. I want them to know how good they are. I want them to bring it. I want them to fire up the boys. Uh, Griff is your hitting coach. That's like asking Joe Montana to be your quarterback coach. <laughs> what? Like, do you just? What does Griff say to these guys? <laughs> I saw him in the cage the other day with Mike Trout, kind of giving him like a little little tidbit of information to try and make him a little bit better. I'm like, God, I don't know how you can make Mike Trout better, but right. if anyone could do it, it's Ken Griffey Jr. So, yeah, he just, his ability, and that's what I've been blown away with, just these guys' willingness to listen. The coaching staff, I mean, Andy Pettit's been to eight World Series. He's won five of them. So if you're throwing a side session and he's got a little tidbit of information that's going to make you better, i got to believe these guys are going to listen to it. So, to a man, I've brought two of my best friends with me, Brian McCann and Michael Young, and they've been helping out a ton. Jerry Manuel's won north of 700 games. There's just so much. So, I'm just so excited to get it going. Mark DeRosa for another minute. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. He manages Team USA for the WBC on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Dero, do you believe this could be the springboard you need to be a manager in baseball? You know, it's fine. I'm, I'm not looking past this. I, I honestly am not. I'm not looking for it to be a springboard. I'm humbled and honored that I've been given this opportunity. It works perfect for me. I always prided myself on creating chemistry and getting guys to buy in. Um, I'm not looking at it past this. I like what I do in the morning. I'm paid good to do it. Um, I'm just going to enjoy this. We'll worry about that later. Can't wait to watch, Dero, and we're pr very proud of you. And uh, you. we always appreciate your time. We know how hard you work and how serious you take all this stuff. So go get them and make us all proud, okay? Thanks, Mark. I'll try. Thank you. There you go, Mark DeRosa. Always loved our talks with him. Yeah, he's great. Like he is. A, I always remember when that night when they signed him. I'm like, oh, this is who Jim Hendry's signing. I'm like, you know, nice, nice utility guy. And then I'm like, I love this guy. Yeah, I think he, he's got a way of communicating with, with players, it seems like. And that's why I've, I've always thought that if he wanted to be a manager, that it may be something that works out quite well because of his ability to connect with some of these guys. Yeah. And so, that's a, that's, that, that goes a long way in being successful as a manager. You obviously have to have talent. 
But I think that's what Rick Hahn is kind of talking about now every time he mentions Pedro's name is, is that he's created a vibe and a connection with these guys. And I think D-Rose got the ability to potentially do that as well if it's the path he chooses to go down. This is probably fifth or sixth of, on, on our list of what people are thinking. But again, I, I, I'm going to seek it out over the weekend and watch it because there, I, I think players have gotten more serious about this. Remember when it first came out. There's no good time for this. Like, when do you play this? Because a lot of teams are scared about their guys getting hurt and everything like that. You can't play it in the middle of the season because then you're in the middle of pennant races and everything like that. The end of the season, people are are, are tired and they want to go home. Yeah. So, but I, I think it's getting, people are getting more more into this. And that roster is good. I read you some of the guys before. You you mentioned it. Ken Griffey Jr. is their hitting coach. Andy Pettit's their pitching coach. Mark DeRose is their manager. Uh, I'm reading Pete Alonzo, uh, Tim Anderson, uh, Nolan Arenado, uh, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Kendall Graveman from the White Sox is on the team as well. Lance Lynn. Uh, Jeff McNeil is on the team. Cedric Mullins. Schwarbs. Uh, Schwarbs is on the team. JT Real Muto. Uh, Mike Trout. Kyle Tucker. Trey Turner. Adam Wainwright. Bobby Witt Jr. Like, it's a, who's, it's, who is it's the, a good team. Who's the betting favorite to win this? I'm not sure. It was the DR that I looked. They're number one favorites right now. The Dominican Republic. Where's Japan on the list? Let me get it again. Okay. But at Dominican Jake's Republic, excited as well. When you look at their lineup, the DR is stacked. Yeah, and did Cuba get eliminated or are they still alive? Because a lot of these games started earlier in Taiwan, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I think there wasn't Thursday their first game though. I'd be su- or not Thursday, Wednesday. I'd be surprised if they were. Where's the U.S. playing? Where Where is Cuba's Arizona. one in Arizona? Arizona. Okay, yeah. so, so they start in Arizona and then if they advance, I think they go to Miami. Okay. Is where the next games would be. So Japan is number two in the rankings. This is according to the Athletic. And then USA is number three. And like D. Rose said, a lot of guys who are really good with a bat, it will come down to their pitching. It's good to hear him as well, not connected to the White Sox, give you a little scouting report on Tim. Yes. And the one too? Yes. Well, I've always heard that, like, inside the building, that, that there was no one in there that works harder than Tim. Like, he needs to stay healthy. And, you know, be the, the voice inside that, that clubhouse. But his work ethic has never been questioned. You ready for some uh, Waddle's World? Sure. Let's, some football news. Yeah, let's get to Waddle's World right now. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. 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 Waddles World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. As we uh, were talking earlier in the show, there is some football news or a lot of football news. Patriot safety Devin McCourty has announced his retirement. 13 seasons with the Patriots. Bunch of Super Bowls, bunch of Pro Bowls. Uh, Patriots are going to lose one of their better players. Uh, the Dolphins have decided to pick up Tua's fifth-year option. 
Surprised? I'm a touch surprised. Well, there's been so many Brady rumors to Miami. And it's not and like... And those are still alive. Yeah, well, could that just mean that maybe Tua sort of resets this year? Because this fifth year is for in a year. And Brady comes in for one year? I... I Listen, I still am resistant to this, but Scott Zolak, who does the you know the the commentary for the Patriots on radio, former quarterback, former quarterback teammate of Tom Brady's, is saying that keep an eye on this. He said that Rich Eisen, your guy Rich Eisen, has said that you know keep an eye on this. And and Zolak cited Colin Coward in Zolak's thing on the Sports Hub. He said that from what he was hearing, Brady's handlers are in Miami looking at schools for his kids. Listen, Stephen Ross, their owner, is a Michigan grad. Well, and, and remember, before he went to Tampa, wasn't yeah. that Well, that's place? why they lost their first-round pick, right? right? Wasn't yeah. that because yeah, it they... wasn't even... It was last year. Yeah. Was it? Oh, it was so last was... offseason that Brady to Dolphins rumors cost them a first-round pick. You know what? Part of me is, is like... Part of me wants to would have just decided football was great, but don't do it anymore because of the concussion issues that he has had. I get it. He's been cleared by the doctors. You go do you, but it's just worrisome. You know what I mean? When somebody at that age has had that much trouble with head trauma, it's just... Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. But at least for Tua, having that 50-year option picked up, if he'd like to proceed forward, he can... Yeah, give you know, him some a, a year or so to kind of evaluate, and yeah. then after, if he wants to hang him up. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, there's been a whole lot of reworking contracts. We gave you the numbers on Bakhtiari and uh, Green Bay. They've they've restructured his deal. Whether it is to you know appease Aaron Rodgers or it's because it's something that's going to be a beneficial thing for them, regardless of where Rodgers goes, it's good for the Packers to find some cap space. And did you see what PB? I did us. No. Pat Boyle texted us uh, a tweet. Uh, according is, to he, is he a little down right now? Because no. Michigan State's uh, trailing uh, Ohio State by 10 at the Big Ten tournament out at the UC, despite the Buckeyes being without their top player? It, he does not say, so we'll have to PB, let us know how you're feeling about Michigan State and Sparty there. I'm but hitting a three or two every now and again, PB. It's why PB is texting us about football stuff. Is yes. Because the Sparty's down 10. There you go. He's, uh, so he caught this tweet from Chris Roth. NFL writer, I guess, or a Packers guy. Uh, he tweeted out, Packers president Marf- Mark Murphy on the telecast of the Girls State Basketball Tournament confirms team will honor trade requ- request from Aaron Rodgers if he wants it. Confirms that they gave permission to the Jets and that everyone expects resolution by the start of free agency. Now, yeah. we knew we knew there was obviously um, if they give that they you- gave him permission or else... The Jets wouldn't have been in his yeah. house. Right, right. <laughs> Get out of my house. Woody Johnson, what are you doing here? I didn't invite you. They wouldn't have been allowed in his house to talk to him if the Packers didn't give them permission to talk. I mean, doesn't that immediately say to you they want to move on? If they give him the authority to go ahead and seek a trade, isn't that the best sign of all that they would like to move forward with somebody else. There was something else going around, like another Mark Murphy quote Yeah, from from an interview. Let's see this one. This Cowboys one. have reworked Dak Prescott's contract and Zach Martin, one of their offensive guards' contracts, free up about $30 million. There was a lot of talk about whether or not the Cowboys were going to extend Dak Prescott. Not heard anything about that going forward. Um, 
What else do I have for you? Uh, football related. That may be most of it. Um, Vikings have released wide receiver Adam Thielen. He had a great run with them, uh, but they have moved on from him. They kind of segued to K.J. Osborne as being their number two wide receiver late in the season. Brock Purdy finally got his elbow surgery, or he's getting it today. Uh, so timeline for him, not so sure. Uh, but uh, he'll be in the mix as well. Fred Van Vliet, we uh, read, we play we, that again. We played you this yesterday. If you'd like to play it again, it's this, too good not to play again. This resulted in just just a thirty thousand dollar fine from the league for officiating uh, criticism. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought you know, um, Ben Taylor was f-ing terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know out of the three, there's one or two that just f-ed the game up. You know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game. Changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be and um, just kind of the game up. Nobody's coming to see that. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was and um it's been disappointing this season um you can look up most of my texts this year have been with ben taylor officiating so at a certain point as a player you feel it's personal and um it's never a good place to be that's not why we lost tonight we got outplayed um but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome uh does ben taylor just automatically give him some teas whether he deserves them or not next time that they he's officiating a toronto game how does Ben Taylor proceed? Right, yeah, go forward with this. I think so because those guys have obviously well, they have egos. Who's the one ref for Chris Paul? Scott Foster is it? I think it is. Where yeah. he never wins. Like yeah. who, who knows? Maybe Ben Taylor. Well, maybe becomes it's because, that. as you like to say, Chris Paul's not very good anymore. Well, right now he's not uh, very good. Yeah, he he's a Hall of Fame I player. Think, I think that 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 the Fred Van Vliet press conference one of the best i've heard in a while it's like totally controlled totally you know got his emotion is delightful yeah it's great he's not yelling he's not screaming he is calm cool and collective but he he swore creatively yes he did the odd thing though is the next time that they are paired together in a game if there's even like a side glare from van vliet technical I mean, well, but but again, that's on him. I, I it's personally, not Van Vliet or, Van, or Ben Taylor. Ben Taylor, and I personally believe they only gave him a thirty grand fine because they know their officiating sucks now. <laughs> they know their guys are showing up the players. They know guys are getting technicals because of bounce passes, and they're like, "Look, you got it off your chest. Here's a thirty thousand dollar fine." That's not a that, like you. You know he could have been fined as high as fifty grand. That was the max. Yeah, he got thirty, and I personally think the extra twenties tip money. But yeah, you're right. But, but, but still, like I'm like you know what they probably said. He's got a point. Yeah, thirty grand. You're right. Robert Mays just walked in the building. By Good. the way, so we're gonna get some football uh, information from him. The early bird gets the worm. He was supposed to be here at 4. He's already here at 342. That is correct. By the way, uh, Kevin Durant expected to miss two to three weeks because of that left ankle injury. They will uh, they will be reevaluating him in three weeks. So to say he's going to miss two to three weeks, I guess, is maybe a bit misleading because they're going to reevaluate, reevaluate. three weeks. 
I, I'm with you. This stinks because I wanted to see KD play with them, especially before the postseason. But that ain't going to happen right now. Uh, would you like some Big Ten uh, basketball scores? Yes, please. Uh, earlier today, Purdue beat Rutgers 70-65. Rutgers was uh, getting seven. so Big uh, cover for Team Waddle. <laughs> Purdue and the Waddles win. Uh, currently, Michigan State is trailing Ohio State 58-50. to And by the way, the Buckeyes are without their top player, PB. So what's going on with Sparty? Get your ass out there, will you? Uh, Penn State Northwestern tip off at 5.30. Go Cats. We've got the game right here on ESPN 1000 with the pregame show at 5.15. And uh, the final game of the night, the Big Ten Tournament, Indiana and Maryland will go out at it as well. Uh, when we come back, do we have, is it a Florida Ohio yes, day? Yes, it is. Okay. It is indeed. So we'll do a little Florida or Ohio, and I, I also have a couple of stories I think I need to, to bring to your attention as well. We'll do that next. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Right, Florida or Ohio, brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Pick up a bottle today, drink it tonight, and live infamously on your own terms. Jake, what you got in for Tyler today? All right. Stripper was arrested last what? month. What? What? Uh, what? Tampa, Florida. What? A stripper was arrested last we month. We call after. there a, 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 an adult dancer. An adult entertainer. Wait a minute. Is stripper frowned upon? Yeah, I don't know. I just try to clean I, can this Can I finish the story? Can I? <laughs> was arrested last month after being accused of assaulting her ex-boyfriend with a wad of rolled up dollar bills. Oh, yeah. Oh, she made yeah. She made, she crushed it at the club. A choice right there. How do, like, how do you hurt someone with a, a rolled up thing? A dollar well, bill? you should have saw the money she made. It's a it's a big wad. The 34 year old man told officers that he walked across the stage to speak to a coworker when his ex, a 29 year old woman, took a large amount of rolled up money and purposely threw it, smacking him in the back of his head. Finders keepers, right? He takes the money with him. No, she. He was uh, he was out cold. This is definitely Tampa. Yes. We, I, we will zero in uh, Odyssey 2000. I'm going to go near Tampa. Let's call it Lando Lakes, Florida. Lando <laughs> Lakes, Florida. Where the butter is smooth. Yeah, right? churning the butter. <laughs> the butter churner. That's a dance. You know that, don't uh, you? Churning the butter? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. You get, have you ever asked for a uh, churn the butter I dance? I have not. I have not. <laughs> no, no, you no. don't. How do you churn the butter? Well, you show me. I Try it know. sometime, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you tell me. Well... Ohio was lacking because it was Clearwater, Florida. Tampa and Clearwater are the same thing, right? right? I mean, we're we're, we're in the vicinity. The mayor of one, you're the mayor of both. Yes. Baby dolls, to be specific. Baby dolls. Okay. I have not. Not the baby dolls. I have not. Uh, Here's something that I actually had to ask whether or not we were being goofed or not. Cocaine shark. Another drug-fueled animal gets its own movie. By the way, Meller, you were all happy, all hopped up on Cocaine Bear. Did you ever see it? Still still trying to carve out plans. Yeah. I do have it on the to-do list, but... 
kind of lost its luster, hasn't it? Like it was everyone was giddy about it, and then all of a sudden, maybe the buzz wore off. I think once it is it, it's not streamed yet. Is Correct. it? Yeah, no, it's still in I theaters. I think once it's once it's out of theaters, like how how often, unless it's a superhero movie, do movies have a buzz in the theater? Maverick, Maverick did, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We were waiting for that for three years, though, to be released. Oh, at least, yeah. But but like usually a movie is talked about for a week or two, unless it's a Marvel movie. Yeah, and let's be honest, it's Cocaine Bear was not a movie where all of a sudden you were like waiting for some huge plot twist. I think we if, if you went I to Cocaine thought, Bear, there were a lot of people excited about Cocaine Bear, and then it, like Cocaine Bear disappeared. Anyway, another animal is set to get in on wild drug fueled action. In a movie, Cocaine Shark scheduled to arrive in theaters in July following last month's release of Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Shark focuses on a mafia drug lord's production of a shark-derived stimulant before an explosion and leak at a laboratory puts an army of mutated bloodthirsty sharks on the loose. All right. That's like Sharknado, it's basically. like Sharknado, yeah. yeah. I'm not going to this. I just tell you now, Meller, you all now probably up not. For this like, one? listen, well, I'll make my way to Cocaine Bear eventually, but that's going to be enough, I think. Baskin Robbins is launching a new chicken and waffles ice cream flavor. You in? Oh, interesting. Yes, I'm in. Really? You're not because you don't recognize good desserts. Uh, that's fair. I don't remember the last time I've been to a Baskin Robbins, but I don't. It's been a while, right? They're they're teamed now more with Dunkin' Donuts, aren't they? I think so. Uh, their new flavor of the month is now available for those who wish to have a unique brunch experience. The buttermilk flavored ice cream, plenty of crispy chicken and waffle bites drizzled with bourbon maple syrup. This sweet, savory, creamy, and crunchy scoop mimics the taste of fried chicken. According to the news release, though, the ice cream contains zero real chicken. I was going to say, are there bits of chicken There's in there? There's no real chicken in there, but you can get yourself a chicken and waffle ice cream cone now at Baskin and Robbins. Lee County, Florida is, from where, is where this story originated. When was the last time you had ice cream? I had ice cream Friday night. I came home. Oh. I was intoxicated and uh, got myself some... Uh, some, uh, what was it? It was some caramel flavored yeah. ice cream. I had bed ice cream Sunday night. Did you? Yeah, I took the whole thing of ice cream into bed. I didn't eat much of it, just enough to satisfy me, and uh, that's the last time I've had it. <laughs> you didn't have much of it. That's I didn't have so much. you. No. What, what's yeah. your definition of much? Is it like, like a little? It was. I basically. I think I filled a couple <laughs> of scoops in a in a coffee mug. Well, a couple of scoops is good in a coffee mug. With, the, with an ice cream scooper? No, a spoon. Like a, uh, a spoon. Yeah, I put a spoon in there. I don't have an ice cream scooper. What? Yeah, I'm not, not your means doesn't have an ice cream I'm scooper? I'm not a child. I can use a spoon. That's You're doing it I wrong. Ha- I don't wear oh. a bib either when you're I You're doing eat. it wrong. You yeah. don't own an ice cream scooper? I maybe one not in my house, family. but I don't use it. That's next birthday next year. I'm buying you an ice cream scooper. I can't wait. We should use some strength to scoop that out, too. Some what? Need some strength to use the ice cream right. scooper, too. Does Robert Mays own an ice cream scooper? Uh, and what does he believe? He, he's, he just left. Oh, he heard really? the conversation in the last three minutes. He turned and he walked. And what will be the big entree the Bears will present oh, us in free you. agency? You're such a professional. See how we weave this all together? Really? You. He's a big foodie, too. Uh, Robert Mays is one of the best when it comes to football. We love him. And he's the only guy. I heard say this about uh, Aaron Rodgers like a year ago. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to Robert Mays 